Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything, the Miniatures Gaming Podcast. So have you ever really gotten into watching those like TV shows like X Factor and America's Got Talent? Like back in the, not, uh, not lately, but back in the day when like reality TV was like really going hot. I passed by while my parents were watching it when I would visit my parents. Yeah. Uh, but that's as far as I got basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. I more watched the other reality TV shows like Survivor and... Jersey Shore. <laughs> oh, I was going to avoid that. <laughs> okay. But... But yeah, it's sort of neat how they turn like what an actual profession is into like some sort of weird game <clears throat> where people's personalities are involved. And it's like, well, technically singing is a profession, but you know, yeah. just turn it into a whole game. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason that gets people really interested. Yeah. I think the, the biggest thing is the competition. They turn it into a competition, even though it's supposed to be about this other grander thing that people enjoy just for the sake of it. If you add the competition, people that are not necessarily so into it will tune in just to see, you know, the cat fights and stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. People like, like drama. Yep. So that, that oddly brings us to, to a game we've been playing, which, you know, we've added a lot of drama to, (laughs) how dare you? How did you choose that faction? That was going to be my faction. Yeah, you can you can always have drama behind the scenes, and maybe maybe uh-huh. it's part of the game. Maybe it's just not part of the outside of the game. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the skills of playing the game. But it makes it more exciting if we had filmed it, us playing it. It does. So we don't know too many people who play this game. So I guess there's not that much drama at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we've we've been playing a bit of Blood Bowl lately, so I guess that's what we want to talk about this week. Where it's, I mean, it's in. In the Warhammer old world, so I mean, there's armies battling each other. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a parallel vert universe of the old world. Uh-huh. But in, like, instead of focusing on their battles, you're like, oh no, here, here's this like other competition you can have that has yeah. like more has more drama behind it, and it's kind of like you figure it shouldn't decide how anything works in the world, but for some reason, uh-huh. it's actually like pivotal to the world. Yeah, because it's going into our future where people don't want heavily armed conflict anymore so instead they just decide things with drama competition games like they do in blood bowl as long as there's still some blood and guts that have that end up on the on the field that's Mm -hmm. really what people want want to see so well i'm hoping we resort to dance fighting and not ufc to resolve our conflicts (laughs) just for the entertainment factor no of course pop bands and things like that Mm-hmm. dancing off five on five yep it can be like that european show that's getting quite pop that got quite popular oh, x factor <clears throat> excuse me no eurovision oh, okay i thought x factor that's apparently also. huge where people and, and it helps bring people together so maybe it does resolve things you know europe is getting closer except for brexit Mm-hmm. Well, they've, they've got to bring. Is, is Brexit? Does that mean that that UK is no longer part of Eurovision? Oh, well, I was going to say they have to have like their own. They have to develop their own league to have a team to fight oh. the the K-pop bands. But anyway, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They got to train up. K-pop's on top right now. Yeah. All right. So back to though uh, our actual topic, a uh, blood bowl. So, like you said, we've been playing a bit of Blood Bowl, getting it, a tip, dipping our toes into. Uh, why exactly did we start doing this and assemble models and paint them up and, and get into it again? Uh, I don't recall exactly, but I'll create a new history. There was a box with orcs in it, and then you bought it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, kind of. It's actually the halflings. I think oh. it's just, I like the halflings and I'm like, oh, I might as well buy the starter set because with all the rules and the orcs were cool, right? Yep. Because the new Blood Bowl, basically, oh, it was Blood Bowl 2nd Edition came out. Yep. It came out in 2020. Mm-hmm. 2020, yeah. So I guess it's called I think second they actually Season Edition. Yeah, and I think some people are calling it Blood Bowl 2020 as well just because it's so yeah. confusing. 
It's not actually the yeah, second they edition. Had to, exactly. It's not the actual second edition. So they couldn't call it second edition. So they called it second season edition mm -hmm. to differentiate it from the second edition, which came out in like the 80s or something like that. Uh, so this is the second edition of the reboot, the recent reboot of Blood Bowl called mm -hmm. second season edition or Blood Bowl 2020. And so that came out and basically I was just looking at it and things were cute. And I was, I was, I had a, a, an itch to buy stuff and just the idea of halflings playing uh, football against giant orcs, especially the orcs in the box where the orcs are huge in that box, uh, just kind of cracked me up. And I thought that was hilarious. So I ended up buying it. Uh, and I then played a couple games just against myself because this is during lockdown, right? And I was like, hey, this game is pretty good. And so I painted up my entire box. And uh, I haven't even painted my halflings yet, but I painted up my entire box. And I think my dwarves are on next. Oh, I went on a crazy binge. And I got you to, I, I know I talked it up a bit. And then I got you to uh, buy in. But unfortunately, we couldn't play it because it was lockdown. Mm -hmm. So finally, once we started playing, I guess we started meeting up in August once you had, you know, shots and everything like that. Uh, we finally were able to get it in the queue of different games we wanted to play. And we did play it with fully painted armies, which is the best way to play, which was yeah. great. It's a skirmish game, so there's no, there's no excuse not to get, yeah. get it painted up. Well, I don't know if I'd even call it a skirmish. It's hard to call it a skirmish game. It's like a board game. It's like, it's like it is more like a board game. Mm -hmm. But I guess it so is. It's, very... it's like a miniatures board game. Yeah, it's got the whole dice rolling mechanics of like having yeah. your fight values, having your armor values, having injury results of a miniatures game but you know, it's it is a, just it is a miniatures game it's just the reason why i'm loath to actually call it like a full war game or whatever is first of all you know it's actually football and then it is it is modeling football right yep. and then the second thing is it uses spaces right so it has uh, instead of using like true measurements mm -hmm. you it, it has like a grid basically that you play on Except for the range ruler thing, which comes into play when you're passing. And in that case, it's actually just the, the template that matters. It has one template. But it's not, because that template is supposed to be... Is, maybe, that's, that, maybe that really is how it's supposed to be, but they just translated it to that grid. Possibly, but the whole, when you make a diagonal pass, like uh -huh. it doesn't follow any exact pattern of... It's very difficult to find out the pattern of squares uh -huh. for like what who could intercept because the long template passes over them. Like it actually starts to matter just what the template is. I guess that's weird. I know it is weird. But so like with one template, man, this is definitely a game from the eighties. Like think about the mix of that. It's a grid you have. You move in spaces, but you have this one template, which I technically, once you play the game a lot, you can probably just know like what that template would cover and therefore convert that into you know actual spaces about which spaces block what mm -hmm. yep but overall so we played this game we actually tried to play this game earlier and like uh talk about it before so this game has actually been in the queue like twice but what happened the first time we played it well there, there's a bit of a curve to learning all the rules because uh -huh. there's there's quite a few rules to the game. Uh -huh. The game's not extraordinarily complicated, but it just has like a very large number of special rules. Yeah. Not for each model, but just spread out over all your models. There's a lot of yeah. different abilities you can do, a lot of different conditions for allowing the abilities for like when you can do them. Yeah. So our first game, we only got through one half and we're like, this is the length of the whole game. We're good. Yeah, actually what happened is we're going through the rule book. We read it and then we're <laughs> playing it out and then we're getting close to the end of the track because uh, you're supposed to track your number of turns and it goes up to eight on, on a little tracking board, right? Of how many turns you've had. And we're like, oh, we're getting pretty close. This has been a long time, but you know, it was like three hours at that point. Yeah, we're at, right? it's like turn seven. Yeah, it's been a yeah, while. Yeah, we're like, oh, we're, this is not so bad. You know, first game, it'll get faster. And then I was like, wait a second. And I, I looked at the rules and I'm like, oh my God, this is half the game. Eight is only half time. You're supposed to play it again. And we're like, forget this. We're, we got to stop today. Mm -hmm. We'll come back another day and try to play a full game. So there was a lot to learn. I think, do you feel like the re, like it's actually really complicated to learn? Or do you feel like 
we were unprepared and also the rule book is that maybe there were issues with the rule book layout and stuff like that. Yeah, the rule book layout doesn't really like send you through the course of playing a game. Yeah. So I well. So. And that a lot of people from looking it up, they're like, well, it has this reference sheet, but the reference sheet's not actually very useful. <laughs> it's missing so many important things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has a few things on it. And the only good thing I found about the reference sheet is that it refers you back to the rule book. You're like, oh, what's this rule? It's like, oh, just go see the rule book. Don't, yeah. don't try to figure this out from the sheet. There's too much going on. So it's and kind of like an issue, index almost. Yeah. And the issue with the rule book is that there's a lot of like layout issues, in my opinion. I think if yeah. you read it front to back and you memorized it, mm-hmm. technically all the rules are there, right? Yep. But when you're trying... When you when we read it, the, well, I don't know if you read the full rule book, but I read it front to back, but I didn't remember everything because, you know, the first time I read it was during COVID and then we, I, we came back to it to play it again. So I was trying to reference it back to like, where did I read this rule? What was the exact thing? And I could not find it because there's so many places where something uh, is relevant. Like we like in the second time we played it, where we did manage to play a full game in basically the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh we ended up playing the second game, which was, I guess, our first full game against real people, like for three and a half hours, right? Yeah, we were twice uh, as quick as the first. We were twice as quick <laughs> as the first game. Hey, if it happens every single time, it'll start playing a reasonable amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we tried to look up a rule about what happens if you fumble the ball when you throw it. If you and make a pass, at- the catcher fails to make the, yeah. make the catch. And we were like looking and we we're like, I don't get it. Like it's, there's all of this text about how your guy who's trying to catch it, like what he, the steps that he, they should go through to catch it, but there's no description of what you're supposed to do if you catch it or, or, or if you fumble it, it mm-hmm. just says, these are the modifiers and roll a dice. And I'm like, okay. And then what there's no, and then it's just mm-hmm. like, apparently at the beginning of the section for throwing, even before the actual description of how you throw the ball, right? So, so there's the passer and thrower. There's a section before that that describes the end result of what happens if you catch or, or fumble it. Yep. And then that just says fumble, but it's not keyworded. No, it's it not. Just says it's fumble. not bolded. It's not like yeah. capitalized or anything. You're just like, is this just like a description or is this like a a game term like I don't know it could just be like descriptive mm-hmm. like illustrative yeah. not just like an actual rule occurrence rule name yeah. and then that was actually I was wrong that wasn't even the right place that was for if the thrower fumbles it and then we had to look up even further on when we we're reading later on we kind of just let said okay I think it's just you know it bounces or something like that right mm-hmm. and then we had to go back to the bouncing portion where it says where it's like oh if you fail a catch or something then it was in the rules of fumbling if you fail a catch or do whatever then this happens and Mm -hmm. i'm like this is the very beginning of the book and you're just supposed to remember it like why could they not just put in those extra two sentences saying if you succeed they now hold the ball and if you fail it fumbles there's what's or, wrong yeah. with that repetition as opposed to say, oh, no, we mentioned it all the way at the beginning in passing, describing it before you even know what throwing is and passing is. We're going to mention that if you do it, you fumble it. Yeah. Or just have some sort of like chart thing of what steps you go through just as like the yeah. introduction. And then you're like, OK, I know what I'm getting into for when I read yeah. these rules. I know what to expect. Like a better reference sheet that actually goes through yeah. with a little, like well, a little flow chart. Right. It goes down and says. Because the reference sheet doesn't lay stuff like that out for the basics. It's more, well, it's, the reference sheet is good. And it's got the tables that you may need to use on a periodic basis and like outcomes. Mm-hmm. So like the reference sheet has a purpose. It just doesn't really help you learn to play the game. It's more just once you're like moderately familiar and you need to look at outcomes. Good in between. Mm-hmm. In between knowing the rules fully and uh, not knowing the rules at all, then it's yeah. good somewhere in between, I guess. I guess it's good for your friend once you know how to play the game and they're following along. Yes. But not or, even though. 
because you have to read the book. I don't know what it's for. It's terrible. It's probably good for like previous players to be like, oh, what's what's the new table for this? How does this work? Oh, that makes sense. That's true. For for players who are are moving to the second edition, or sorry, second season edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so that might that might be something that's played the game. It's just this assumption. Yeah. Like everybody who made everybody who wrote the rules, everybody who play tested the rules may have just have seen this so many times before that they only care about like the tables, the new tables and the new like modifiers. And they're not actually thinking from a new player perspective of how do you how do you read this thing? Yes. So it was pretty pretty terrible in that instance just being able to figure out how to play the game for the rule book which really slowed us down i feel like they really this is a problem in general with most games workshop written rules they come out in like like super fancy books they look really pretty the graphic design is top notch it's like oh, yeah. the best graphic design in like just books general in general right it looks better than like a lot of art books i have right in terms of layout and stuff like that but um the actual editing about like the words and the actual editing to be useful as a reference are generally terrible in games workshop games like, yeah it's like their editor is just like they don't have one yeah and the layout like a lot of the pages usually when you see like red boxes on like a miniature game rule book the red box will be like well remember it'll be like a side note of like noting some interaction that the rule may cause or it might just be a fluff piece it's like an aside that's not core to the rules but i mean this is just how we've been trained to read things in miniature games but the blood bowl rule book will have giant red sections and it's like oh no this is just the rules in this giant red area <laughs> and it's just something you don't expect from most rule books yeah, it's just hard to follow. And, and I guess this is a problem with, like I said, with all Games Workshop games, even, even the ones that I feel like are, are, are the best written, uh, like uh, Middle Earth Strategy Battles, which is honestly some of the best written rules that mm-hmm. they have. Even then, there's, it's, just, it's just really hard to follow. Yeah. Yeah, I would say Fantasy so Flight's almost so like... Stuff. I would say Fantasy Flight's like pretty top-notch for rule writing usually. Yeah, they kind of break it down into two two pieces. So they have like a full on re- rules reference, which is just by by text, and then they have the uh, like a how to start rule book that literally flips you through plays your you, first game, plays right? you through something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you have your like run of the mill thing. So it it's good for people who have who know almost nothing about your game except for the fact that your box is cool, cool looking, cool at the start. However, there are issues with that way of rule book writing because if you've kind of played before, you don't want to go through the initial how to play, right? Which gives you the context for the second rule book. Uh, but if you just skip and try to use the second rule book entirely, you will not miss, you might miss some of the flow that is part of the how to play rules that you're supposed to play first. So yeah, there's like a give or take, but they're definitely getting better and better with it as well, right? Yep. Yep. Well, beyond that, so I guess you bought the starter box and I did not because like, ah, someone else will have the starter Wait, box. Wait, are we done bashing the rule book and rules writing? Also, the references for the stats were terrible as well. Like there's names for the stats. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, they're I, divided I into different sections, but you're not quite sure why they're divided into those certain abilities or in certain sections. Like there's a there's a logic behind it once you really look at it. But if you're new yeah. to the game, you're like, I don't know why the rules are alphabetical, but they're divided into different sections. And I don't know why. So I don't really know yeah. why, which section to look to for this rule. Yeah, I probably, sh- maybe, I wonder if they were actually there written. Here, I got to go check that, but you continue on. I got to okay. go grab my rule book since we're talking about it bashing so much. All right. So on the note of actually getting into the game, you, who are not sitting at the table, which is Alan, bought the whole box game which comes with the rule book the board double-sided board to play on and it came with the template dice and the the dugouts where you mark like the condition of your guys and if you've got reserves so if you don't buy that that giant box it's actually a very nice box it is the con contents are all quite nice okay it even has like a little shiny thing like a sports game for authenticity that you'll often have with sportswear 
That's, oh, like that's if you're buying like if you had those playing card sleeves with the little like holographic thing in the corner of the playing card sleeve. I was thinking like, about like hats and stuff, right? When you have like a hat with an official whatever kind of hat, they'll have a little shiny thing, which is a nice. We'll have the hol- hologram thing, yeah. 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 So because if you don't want those main factions, which the orcs are very cool, not as big on the human side, but if you didn't want like as many miniatures either, because you're like, oh, I want to treat this like a skirmish game. I just want to buy the miniatures. Yeah, for the people watching, Alan is holding up one of the black orcs. They're very, very cool. They're very beefy looking orcs. Yeah. And they're very football looking. But I'm like, I don't want this all these game contents around. I'm not going to like. You don't want these fancy noble humans? I guess they're just paid by nobles. Yeah. Okay. Versus the orc. Versus the awesome giant orcs. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. The, the orcs looked disproportionately badass. But if you don't buy that, like I didn't, I'm like, okay, what do I actually need to play this game? If, say, you showed up at a group who's more into it. Huh? So I bought the the Underworld Denizens team, which is the Skaven come on with a bunch of goblins. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, okay, if I'm going to show up to play, maybe I probably want to buy dice on top of this. Just you want your own dice to roll. So you're not, you want your own fancy dice, yeah, of course. It just seems like in every war game, you should you show yeah. up with dice. It's pretty customary and expected. But yeah. like the template thing doesn't seem as necessary. Like having everybody have this giant template lying around, probably not as needed. Do you need your own dugout? Because like, I guess third-party people sell the dugouts, but if someone sets up the board, they have both dugouts. So beyond you can buying, make your own dugout. You could, so Some people make their own board and then model their own board, which is kind of cool. If it was my main game, I absolutely would do that. But yeah, that's true. But like, what do you think? Do you think it's really possible to play the game without buying the starter set? Yes. Well, if well you, first if you of all, you need to... the rules. So here's the thing. Yes, but the 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 box is such a good deal that it almost doesn't make sense. Because once you add up the, like the new rules, I guess if you have like an old edition. Then, you need all the you need all the new tables. The thing is, if you're that's the thing. If you have an old edition, you will have the uh, dugouts. You will have the board. You will have your miniatures, uh, yeah, and you have your dice. All you need is the new book. Then sure, you'd buy the book, right? But if you are new getting into the game, mm-hmm. there's so much stuff in the box, and it's such a good deal. I think it's like a hundred and I think it's hundred and fifty, which is not cheap but it comes with two full teams. It comes with some cool referee models and it comes with two like bigger guys that an ogre and a troll. So it's not just like if you went out and bought the $50 box, right. Which is for the cost for a team. Yeah. Uh, and then it comes with the rule book and it comes with a board. Like if you just add all this stuff up, you're not really, you're not saving too much money mm-hmm. unless you just buy the book. Like if you just buy the book in two teams, that's already 150 bucks, right? Which is the same cost as the box. And you're probably going to go buy the dice for another 15 bucks or two yes. sets of dice because you've got two teams. So it's actually more expensive. You're right. Because you get two sets of dice. Mm-hmm. So, so like if you just bought, if you didn't like the two teams in the box, it becomes, right? Then you have a book, your dugout, your dugouts and, and your dice and your, uh, and your templates uh and the board like it's getting pretty close and if you can sell those two teams like for cheap like mm-hmm. 10 or 20 bucks you're still up right yeah so how the teams work is obviously the rule book has all the team options laid out in it so for the team i bought with the that has the combination skaven skaven and goblins they've organized how you can build the team around that box so that you don't actually have a lot of options with like changing the guys around other than buying like the inducement people who are sort of the more special characters. Mm-hmm. There isn't too much variability with what you can do with that team. But with those starting teams, is there a lot of variability like with what you can take or is it more or less set to the box? Like what do you actually have an advantage by having so, two sets? Two sets is too much. So I feel like, um, but so for my nobles, there's like 11 you have 11 and you have an ogre, right? You come, it comes with an ogre. So you have two guys that you can swap in. For the orcs, you basically have like 
12 guys because the goblins are so cheap, right? Uh, so you have the troll. So then you end up having one guy extra. The issue is that like there's not much room to like expand your your team right look for the so humans almost... you've got the two throwers but you can't really move you the allocation won't let you have three throwers if you say one well to. if you bought a second thing you would need like a cup you only really need a couple of things right you might want a couple more of the lion the the blitzer or the or the uh actually you have four bodyguards at the beginning game at the beginning team so you, i don't even think you need more bodyguards Mm-hmm. But you might have a couple blitzers or maybe one more bodyguard or something like that. But you're gonna buy like a full box just to get like three models. Well, that's the thing. If like if you like we two- will because we're crazy. If this was our main game, we would have. But mm-hmm. but the problem is that that's the only way you can get nobles, right? Is you buy that box, right? And then yeah. you, you have to have all these extra extra models of like linemen and stuff that you're not even gonna use, mm-hmm. right? Oh. So it becomes. You know, to me, you only need a couple more guys, so it just makes sense to buy another full box of like twelve guys. Yeah, so and it's kind of difficult then to orcs. sell off. It's kind of difficult right. to sell off the guys if you buy the box and don't want the guys. Then yeah, if everybody the needs orcs, the, box. the orcs, I don't even know if you want to because you have like twelve guys. I guess you might want more goblins, but these goblins are different from than the goblins in the other goblin teams. They look different. They have different models and they have different rules as well, right? The the black orc goblins they're mm-hmm. a little bit tougher. And they have different, they, they, have, they wear different stuff. So okay. in my opinion, the aesthetic doesn't match. So you might want more just to add like a couple of more goblins and maybe one orc. But again, you're going to buy another box just for like three models or four models. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, so it sounds like I'm going to have a tough time not having the box. But anyway, what I like challenges. What? Oh, playing the game. I don't think you really need to. I think basically because you only have 11 guys, like you don't really, unless you're really into the game and you want to have like, you know, your numbers really mean something, right? So each guy has a number, then you might want to do it, right? Especially if you're playing a campaign. In a a one-off game, first of all, you're not going to have more, right? Because every game is around a certain size and they're fit to, like every box that you buy is fit to be a full team. Yeah, but I'm talking about not buying... I'm talking about not buying the starter box at all. Like zero copies. You don't need a starter box. Yeah, okay. The only reason you need like the second season edition starter box is if you need the rule book and the dugout and stuff like that, right? Okay. Yeah, and I guess if you had the previous edition, you have dice already, so. Yeah. So because as, as long as one person of your friends has the rule book, mm-hmm. you only need one rule book between all of you, right? And then- Yeah, once you- you can Once you pass around the rule book and stuff like that for the rules or, you know, make sure that everyone has some sort of references for that. Yeah. And as we were talking about before, it's probably a game that's easier to learn by having someone explain it to you than yeah. by going through the rule book. So because the rule book sucks again, because it's just oh, a yeah. workshop rule book, uh, but it's very pretty. So I don't know. There's there's good and bad. I like collecting rule books, even if they're crappy inside. All right. So we we spent so much time kind of like bashing the rule book and saying, you know, there's another issue. I'll just go through all the bad stuff first. The game felt too long. I know we played really, really slowly, but I'm not sure how fast it could get. Like to me, it's like a two hour game, which in our old age is starting to get a little bit long. So I guess if you want to feel like a sport, it's like, okay, it's two hours. That's true, around two hours. So maybe that's right about, that's about right. Um, But it did feel a bit long. I feel like it would be better if it was a little bit shorter, but that is what it is. So now we're done with all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Let's get to the good stuff. First of all, despite all of that, what did you think of the game? The game is actually fun. Like It was really fun and very thematic. Mm Mm-hmm. It feels like there's a right, the right amount of decisions you can make. So you're not like, it doesn't feel like the game plays itself, which is always terrible when you feel like you're just sitting there doing like, yeah, doing moving numbers on an abacus. Cause you're just like, Oh, yeah. clearly this just moves next. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like there's, it feels like your choices matter to it. Like your game plan, like there's different levels of risk you can go for. To, like, a lot put, of risk you can take a lot of change in the risk that you can take. There's a lot of push your luck in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that I, from like the perspective of what makes a really fun miniatures game, like it's got that fun core mm-hmm. to it. 
So that's a huge plus. I'm sure that's like a, it's had a few additions behind it. So from what I've heard, like people appreciate what's been done with this edition. Yeah. So basically anything that's just been like polished, that's just polish has mm -hmm. been generally good. There has been some apparently hubbub about uh, a rebalancing of throw teams, like agility teams. So uh, teams that are supposed to throw and pass as opposed to bashing teams, which are supposed to overrun you. Yep. Uh, there has been some issues with the balance of that, but apparently the, the, but besides that, apparently, well, I guess there's another issue that, that, that I, I read that like the, we didn't play them, but there's these uh, star players are too good because okay. they rebalance a bunch of star players. And then just, you know, again, this is games workshop balancing, right? <laughs> things mm -hmm. that were not fully balanced uh from uh you know the the community because this game used to, was community run for like four five maybe even ten years and then games workshop decided to make money off of it by republishing it and taking it over again mm -hmm. uh, and then they published new guys and new rules and changed up things right and apparently some of the star players are over overpowered and it's kind of throwing off the balance of the game yeah i can see but besides how that there's less but <laughs> exactly because you know games workshop doesn't play test things uh but uh besides that apparently um yeah all the other things you know you have you have over what 20 30 years is it not 30 years of more than 30 years of polish i think on this game mm -hmm. right this game is a 30 year old game it was good back then and they've just modified it and polished it unlike let's say warhammer 40,000, where even though it's ninth edition, so you would think they polished it nine times. Mm -hmm. They're on their third iteration of the game that is very, very different than the initial game. Like there was the first and second edition, which was the first version. Third edition was an entirely different game just called Warhammer 40,000. And then eighth edition was another different game that was, again, just renamed for Warhammer 40,000, but a different game. But this one, it's the, basically the fundamental game is the same for 30 years and that kind of polish and iteration kind of kind of shows through and it is and has i think really you know there's a reason why it lasted 30 years yep so the other thing about the balancing is i liked how they would tell you that oh this game isn't totally balanced there's different oh, tiers yeah. of the teams out there so that you weren't going into it and like <laughs> yeah people couldn't just complain like oh the balancing is no good it's like they told you that. What are you complaining about? If you decide to play the lower tier team, you're going to yeah. have more of a challenge. It's fine. Like it, it clearly spells out to you that this is supposed to be like a beer and pretzels game where you agree to yeah. what you're fighting each other with. It's like, okay, you're the more yeah. experienced player. I should get to take an A team. And you have to take a C team or maybe we're more evenly matched. So we should, we should both take like yeah. B tier teams. Yeah. So, And I think that really kind of sells, like that just reinforces the theme of the game. First of all, it's a brilliant way to balance out the game like to to deal with imbalance in teams because you just say yeah they're not balanced and now you know and just deal with it right like mm -hmm. with the player and it forces people to play in that kind of way like you said right to to have that social contract with the player yep. uh with, with the, the people you're playing but it also reinforces the theme of the game because you know in football or sports there are certain teams that are just better than other teams and everyone knows and there's certain teams that are just like i'm just happy that i scored right or that they scored right if you're if you're like a i haven't followed it if you're a lease fan right mm -hmm. lisa what's the last the time first round well? oh my god <laughs> yes exactly wow they made it into the playoffs uh so uh or they didn't get knocked out of the first round of the playoffs uh so like that's just everyone's happy for that and then there's other teams that are like what we didn't make it into the finals what the hell they mm -hmm. disappointed me, us, right? They had all of these, these star players and everything like that. So that kind of uh, reinforcement of the sport is just works so well. And that's littered throughout the game, right? This is, a, this is definitely a product of the 80s where um, the games that were written were, trying, were, were, were definitely defined by the themes that they tried to bring about as opposed to clever mechanics, right? There's mm -hmm. like this huge movement and it's probably done, it's actually probably started with board games uh, in the Euro, the, the Eurobore movement, right? The Euro games that they call them. Uh, and 
like where games people are just interested in mechanics mm-hmm. right and tinkering and it's just like it's like you're basically just playing puzzles right and this kind of thing of making clever streamlined beautiful puzzles and making people's minds click through them but like devoid of theme and story yeah uh is a thing that's kind of taken over and in some ways you know i i like that kind of thing because like it's there's good aspects and bad aspects to it right um but when you're talking about the 80s that movement hadn't come through yet and basically if you're playing a game it's almost at all of these games from the 80s are super clunky right and they're just like as long as it's more thematic and reinforcing the fun and the theme put it all in there right mm-hmm. and you have these giant monstrosities of games that are not streamlined and might take extra long because if you're on three or four tables that do crazy stuff that that reinforces that kind of theme like there's a nuffle table that that crazy stuff happens mm-hmm. um in this Weather thing. tables there's injury tables there's there's tables after yeah. tables it's very exactly it feels very hearkening back to the early iterations of 40k yeah story-based kind of thing right like mm-hmm. oh this happened so what would happen here are the options that would happen oh my god this kind of crazy thing happened right as opposed to like oh i'm trying to outthink my opponent and i'm trying to like if i move like if i, I change this a to b then i'm on c b track and that will out out outplay my opponent uh later on right which is more like a, almost like a chess kind of thing right mm-hmm. um so this game is not like that, and I, I love it for that, right? Yeah. It still like, rewards your planning because it's not like yeah. it's not fully random, but there's still a crazy yeah. thing can happen just because of the there's so there's so many levels of randomness that can happen. And you have to be ready for that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that 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 kind of helps is that the initial game had that great balance of actual like strategy, push your luck, uh, and and theme and the refinement of the game over these years. Actually, I don't know. I haven't played the initial game. Maybe the initial game was even better. Who mm-hmm. knows? <laughs> yep. So one of the other things I did like is talking about theme is that the factions we've played so far have actually felt quite different because some yeah. games you're like, oh, it's just a little tweak to this side for this faction. Like this faction yeah. has a little more armor. Maybe this action, this army can make one extra move here and there. No, like, there's huge differences in the speed of some of the teams. There's huge differences in the durability of some of the teams. Like the difference is really stark between factions from what yeah. I found. Yeah, it, it's true. They're very, they play very differently, right? They had the black orcs who are just like pushing people around and trying to beat them to death, right? Team up, beat and them to and death. They're super and tough. Have, yeah. And, and super tough. And then you have like your like mixed faction. What was they called again? The underworld creepers. Yeah, the underworld creepers, which is like more of a mix with some really fast guys, but they're like much more fragile, right? But they have a much easier time of just like running it and scoring it, right? If they want to slip through the lines, they could slip through the lines really easily. But if if you're trying to use them to block your opponent, it's gonna like you're gonna take a lot of pain while you do it. Yeah. So I just thought that was that was uh, interesting. And then the the nobles, which I don't know, felt like humans, a little bit of everything kind of thing, mm-hmm. a little bit yeah. more steadfast, I think. They're actually, they're, they're steadfast, but they're not necessarily, they can't really beat you up as much. Mm-hmm. They're hard to push through, but they don't push yeah. back super hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind so of jack, thought, jack of all tradesy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I totally agree. And again, that just reinforces kind of the theme and the the the, the, the way the game plays. Um, I, I, so... Um, I guess why it's important for the theme, I know it's hard to get all this in, but it, it really does feel like watching football. I don't haven't really played football, so I can't tell you if it's like playing football if as a coach or something like that. But it does feel like you're from what I would imagine a coach would feel like when they're ordering their players on the on the pitch. Yeah, because going back and forth between the player turns, like, oh, I pushed a little bit further towards the end zone. I couldn't totally make it. All right, you're gonna chase like Okay, yeah. you're gonna chase me now. We're gonna fight off at this line. Yeah. Now I'll try and like get a bit more ground. That's yeah. and I really like the 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 crux of the push your luck thing is that every one of your guys can activate once, right? Mm-hmm. But 
if any of your guys fails majorly on a task or basically fails in a task, you end your turn and mm -hmm. none of the rest of your guys can activate. And now it goes to the other person, right? So this becomes a huge thing because there's a, there's a lot you can push your luck on, right? It's not just like the main thing is like hitting the guy, blocking the guy and pushing them. Mm -hmm. But if you don't team up on a guy, then you only, it's like you're rolling one die and there's like a one third chance of failing, right? Yep. And then, so you want to team up and then you can also though, when you're running, every single time you run, you can like, you know, a normal guy has <clears throat> like six movement and you can actually push two extra movement, which is huge. You can get an extra third movement if you roll a D6 and on a two and up, which means you can push your luck that way. Right? Mm -hmm. There's all these different ways to push your luck, and there's some mitigating factors of, of paying for rerolls, but you only get like two to two to yeah, two, two to four, depending on yeah, two to how four, much they exactly. cost and how many you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, two to four for the whole game. So it becomes super important to do. I love that like feeling of, you know, am I going to, oh, am I down? Am I playing down? Does that mean I have to push my luck and like just go for it but if i fail i'm even more back than i was before if i as the first guy i did i need to hit a guy and then i just rolled unlucky right and like i, I don't know if, even if i teamed up on a guy i might have like a i roll two dice with a one in three chance of failure so it becomes a one in nine chance of, or something like that a failure mm -hmm. if i roll that one in nine i could be screwed yeah so it just it's for those people that, you know, that love that chaos and that, and dealing with risk mitigation, right? Um, it just makes crazy moments, especially like there was a, there's a point in the last game we played where it felt like football where, you know, uh, I tried to move the ball. Uh, I failed in picking it up, right? Mm -hmm. I tried to pick up the ball and throw it. I failed failed to pick it up yeah it was one of your throwers was trying to pick was it that up. the one where you ran through picked up and then yeah start basically my little faster yeah. goblins because he he fumbled the ball while trying to throw yeah. it so all my little goblins just ran over to him and he's like oh crap i'm surrounding goblins like it wasn't the big god wasn't the big orcs who got to him yeah. just because he got like swarmed by a bunch of little goblins he's like oh god yeah. i need to pick up the ball and they're like no i need to pick up the ball and they're all yeah. just like jumping all over the ball while the big guys in the front are just like punching each other and not, yeah. not bothering. And the orcs them. are stopping my guys from running back to help pick up the ball. Mm -hmm. And then there was one point where your goblins are, are were trying to run by. Uh, and then he needed to, like, and my, my guys were chasing behind him. And then your goblin is like, okay, I just need to, to push, push my luck to kind of make it. And then you failed, you fumbled the ball. So then I ran over to try to pick it up. And then I failed to pick up the ball. Like I was able to run my guy up to actually reach the ball. And, and, but instead of, but I failed, like I had to push my luck to even get to the ball. Mm -hmm. But when I rolled to pick it up, I fumbled the ball again. So then it was your turn. And so then you ran up and you like fought your, your goblin grabbed it again to like rush it to the finish line. That kind of mechanic, like that feels, that tells a story, right? That's like, that's like a, a story that you have in, in, you know, football with, with the things. Yep. Right. And that just felt like so thematic it was really exciting with a turnover. Right. We had both used up all our rerolls probably stupidly because we didn't run out of the game before yeah. that time. <laughs> we should have saved them for when it's like when a point is about to be scored by the reroll, you use the reroll. Yeah. Which is new. So like, no, nah, I just kind of want this random play to work. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that kind of, that kind of uh, a play, I don't know, it was so thematic and it, it kind of lined up with the, the way you want to play. Uh, and, you know, people running after people when you're trying to like, you know, when the ball is fumbled right before the, 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 the line, of course, I guess into actual football, once it's fumbled, you kind of end the play. But for this one, you kind of continue on, which makes it more, more exciting and fun. Yeah, it creates like any game that can create those moments you can describe to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And they kind of understand like what was going on, like, oh, that. That's a crazy yeah. situation that happened. Games, some games you can't like make that description very well. And it's often like the bigger games. Like once you in skirmish yeah. level games, it's just easier to describe. Once you hit like the the whole army level game, it's just like, oh, my yeah. attrition this and I attrition that. They're like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. It doesn't it just doesn't 
And then the I go, you go thing with like crazy, stupid. Oh, so then my captain was right next to my devastator squad who was able to buff him. And then also there was another guy next to him. So was able to super buff him. Then I used the stratagem and then I fired and I blew up his thing. It's just like, is that really exciting? <laughs> What's yeah. the exciting moment there? The exciting it's moment, I guess, is technically I unloaded all these things and I didn't kill it. I guess that's the exciting moment. But yeah. like... At some point, when you when the mechanics don't like feel as tangible, you're just like, yeah, I just move the like the bead across the abacus, and I move this bead yeah. the other way to pay for it. It's like, yeah, okay, that's not exciting. Yeah, it doesn't feel as thematic, right? As well, right? A lot of the rules in like 40k or these bigger games, War Machine and stuff like that, they feel so gamey and they're mm-hmm. not thematic, right? Like I was talking about Eurobor versus uh, Ameritrash kind of games. Like Eurobor games are just like there's no theme, there's no story. It's just like, oh, these cool mechanics. Like it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you had to be there. I had to really think through and I had to do this like spreadsheet. And then once I was finished the spreadsheet, I got all the numbers to line up and it works. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's exciting. Great. Good, good on that spreadsheet. I guess you must really like your accounting job. So mm-hmm. like <laughs> I'm really against your games, as you can see. <laughs> but uh yeah, so then you have there's games like this, right? So so I, I really good really fun and and the smash this this i felt like there was that good mix of like like running right trying to get the ball versus uh you know smashing the guys right beating the guys up of course it's called blood blood bowl so Mm -hmm. there is a lot of smashing knocking a guy down uh trying to knock them off the pitch and i love the theme of like um you know, knocking a guy out and trying to like beat the other team down so that they lose guys so that at the end of the game, you can kind of, uh, you know, just run by them and win it. All right. Mm-hmm. So I, that kind of balance seems like really, really, really fun and cool. And I, I, I could see, you know, what there were some certain complaints about, like, if you take a bash team, you can take heroes, I guess they're called like star players who are runners which kind of throws over the entire balance you're talking about, right? Oh, yeah. If you can do everything, like if your team is good at everything, then I can see how, how that would cause a problem. Yeah, or you take a good running team and then you take a star lines. player that's good at bashing or whatever, yeah. Yeah if, you can break, up the theme. yeah, if you can break through their lines really easily and then run through their lines, having that combination, yeah. obviously that, that can get broken. I, it almost feels like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. From what, I, from what I'm, I'm hearing, I'm like, do we, would you even need to play star players? It doesn't even make sense, in my opinion. The star player yeah. idea. Like, if this game is definitely supposed to play in campaign mode, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't it make sense that you train up your guys to become your star players as opposed to buying, like, star players that stay that way and don't get experience and are mercenaries and go on any team? It just doesn't feel like the core of the game. Even yeah, though I well, guess competitively I guess, it's become one. I guess it made shit for them to sell. And I bought a bunch of them because they, they were cool looking. Because <laughs> they look cool. Yeah, like I think you mentioned that there's some really nice looking ones that you like that are like kind of whatever. Yeah, so uh, I guess that goes to mentioning, you know, the star players that you bought. What do you think about the models? Oh, the models are nicely detailed. Like obviously they're... No, they have lots of character to them. Like they have all these extra little details going on. Usually they have the variability in the sculpts is good because you don't have so many guys yeah. going on. No, the sculpts are all, like, obviously there's some older sculpts left, but like all the more. Re- no, no. If they've redone them all now. They, that's the them. reason why. No, those are all new re-sculpts from the, the yeah, first edition. The elves don't look that good to me. That's why. Like the quality yeah, is probably because you don't like elves. Have you ever liked elves? They're new sculpts. They're, like dark they're not selling any old yeah. sculpts. Mm-hmm. So all the new teams are new sculpts. So that's the thing. Like, actually, that's part of the reason. First of all, I agree with you. I don't like any of the elves either. Yeah, <laughs> but just, they're new sculpts. Yeah, they are new. It's just I don't like the sculpt. Yeah. Whereas the other teams all have pretty cool looking sculpts. Yeah. Like, just the amount of like little details going on in the model is really yeah it's really good. The one not thing, not yeah, the one thing I the one thing I don't quite like about the humans is they are kind of heroic scale. They're less heroic scale than they used to be, but they're still heroic scale, so they don't look, quite look like humans. 
but yeah. um but besides that i think like like i said actually part of the reason why i wanted to play bug bowl is because i looked at the models and i'm like the game and like the theme always kind of interested me i'm not into sports at all right but just the idea of it being like the silly like violent fantasy you know fantasy football that kind of thing uh i was up my alley yep. um but i never liked the sculpts so i never was cared about them but seeing the entire line resculpted especially like uh the goblins the orcs and the uh halflings mm-hmm. really got me into the game i'm like oh my god these new sculpts are as good or sometimes even better than their their i guess what you call them like age of sigmar counterparts yeah and especially the the old world like the original warhammer fantasy equivalents because yeah. i was always like oh it'd be cool to own some like skaven i wouldn't want a whole skaven army because that would be like yeah. years of painting but like oh i can have some skaven this way it's cool yeah so yeah i think it's really good really great um and that's that's kind of uh some of these models i would i know some people even converted them to use outside of blood bowl because they're so nice like mm-hmm. the orcs the orc guys look really cool right they have this this heavy kind of orcish armor and uh and so if you could with, with a bit of conversion you can just turn them into cool looking battle arcs right give them swords or axes or something like that right and shields uh and so um so yeah like i think overall another great reason to get in the game is if you like these sculpts and if you like that kind of silly you know like an orc in football gear if, if you like that kind of idea this this uh mm-hmm. this game is right up your alley or yeah. or if you have a halfling with a teapot on his head as armor although i guess that's getting more and more common these days just because it's ridiculous right mm-hmm. but uh that's another reason to go play it yep if you just want fun models it's, it's all about fun models and if you want to just like convert things yeah. in fun ways it's, yeah, and the base the base size the is pretty the base size is pretty agnostic as well they're like they have 32 millimeter bases uh-huh. but like if the guy's really big you can put them on 40 and like they'll fit they'll fit like on the board uh-huh. so or if you've yeah, got it's a little weird bottom. though i guess one thing with the models they have a little hole to put your football on but that's so fiddly yeah don't don't do it it's i we, don't know I we've, talked about, we've talked about this topic before of like marking things on the base itself just from playing drop fleet where drop fleet was like you should mark three or four types of information on the base and it's like holy shit yeah it's <laughs> this, so is, this is impossibly yeah, it's... fiddly i'm sorry yeah so just putting it on the side yeah you know who has the ball like that's it's a key part of the, the game who has the ball like yes yeah and then like having to pick it up and put the little football into the pin is such a pain in the butt and it doesn't look good either like it doesn't look good yeah. on the base having this hole in it in everybody's base. i think the only thing you could do is magnetize it hmm, interesting so instead of put a magnet in the hole and then thing is, like, magnetize one the ball, comes... yeah that could work but Might. otherwise it's too hard to do that's actually the salt solution we did with uh drop fleet too right it was magnetizing ring yeah. and then magnetizing you just throw the, the little mm-hmm. pieces on so that worked uh yeah so overall i think the game is really good i know we've we've kind of gushed about uh, certain things and talked a lot about how bad the rule book is and stuff like that um but overall we talked a little bit about uh who the game is for uh and what makes the game good but let's uh summarize that a bit so who is this game for and who is this game not for oh so i think you have to have like it has to be an has to be someone who wants a fairly deep war game because there's a lot of rules to it so you can't just want like something that like that's super easy to pick up that you can just like remember the rules like off the top of your head even if you haven't played for months like say frost grave or what we're building where you can just sort of like look at the sheet quickly okay here it is like there's a lot of abilities there's a lot of tables so you've got to be willing to like play a difficult like high rule count miniature game but if you don't want it, if you don't have all the time in the world to paint things, you don't have all the time in the world to like play the game all the time, mm-hmm. but you still like, you want a deep game. This is, this goes down that alley. Yeah. And I think if you're really into the theme, 
first of all, even if you're not into football in, in general, if you're really into deep thematic games, I think this is this will really sell you. I think this this game is way more thematic than a lot of even like a lot of games that you play. And there is a whole bunch of violence. I, I know we in the game. So if you like that kind of like action, right? You know, just watch football. Like it is action packed game, right? If you and want so like this, beat the guy while he's down, or you want to like throw them into the crowd into an ultra oh, yes. crowd that'll kill the guys. Yeah. It's like it's so thematic that just even if you don't like football, if you just like story games, like you like watching a sports movie, mm-hmm. right? Even if you're not into the sports in general or the real stuff, this will sell that kind of thing to you. And this will there's so much theme, like dripping theme. And again, you do have to go through all of those rules and make sure that you're you either have to have the time right to look it up and play like for four four hours or Mm -hmm. just play it enough that you remember it but once you do that like the theme and the fun that comes out of that is is really great like i think this is one of the best uh games workshop games like i stand by that after playing a couple of real games (laughs) i think i like it's living up to the hype hype of, of of what i was thinking like this game is one of the best uh games workshop games i've played yeah it's good they brought it back into the roster of boxed games yeah um now the one thing is that you might not want uh a, re- a reason why you might not want to play is i guess if you really hate football yeah i, I guess the <laughs> if, other thing if you're i don't know I don't know if uh, you're a baseball fan or something like that. So you hate how football overshadows that. Maybe it'll bring flashbacks of lower attendance numbers or something. Yeah, I guess if you're really into army building as well, the the potential for army building is pretty small. So maybe you end that's up true. buying you just you just buy more armies basically. Yes, that's, that's, that's true. how you get your fix to army building. Just, just yeah, you can't more. you can't do the fiddliness of like choosing this person or that person. I guess technically that's what the uh, the mercenaries, right, the star players are for to give a little bit of that list building. But it mm-hmm. does feel like there's not that much list building. There's only like five or six guys. The general armies play roughly how you want to play it and so you're not going to switch up much Mm -hmm. so you're going to need so to keep the game fresh you're probably going to need to keep buying armies oh no they're in small campaign but the thing is you do build up the campaign i feel like if you're the campaign kind of person but if you're playing it one-offs i don't think the game is going to be nearly as fun as if you play it in a league right mm-hmm. where you play the league your your armies get stronger and maybe it's like an eight eight game league kind of thing and at the very end you play your your playoffs right of top four or something like that mm-hmm. that would be ideal or maybe you only have four players right you play four players play four games and then you play playoffs like that to me is the ideal way to play the game it definitely seems like there's a lot of rules for the campaign play the league play so uh i think that's basically and that again ties into the theme because of course sports leagues and stuff like that right so um but if you're not into that what if you just want like one-off games here and there because you're a busy person i guess this game might not be for you Mm -hmm. all right so any closing thoughts or we basically summed it up there no i think we we summed up our sort of first thoughts on the game okay overall uh grade do you have a grade for blood bowl in terms of not like a number grade but like you know an overall one line thoughts of what 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 you would say yeah i think it's it's a good thing to get outsiders into it's like they'll they'll trap some yeah, of the, they'll trap some non-gamers it's a great um, especially if they think they're like really smarty pants like oh i'm a real smarty <laughs> pants it's like oh you'll be able to handle this then all the yeah that's true games. oh then you better yeah and then be like oh you're really good then take a take a what a, a c level team or tier three team right i think it's more if like really good game players who like memorize all these like stats from video games and shit for like <laughs> hard games like oh i memorize all this stuff so oh, yeah you'll have no problem with this then yeah and then and there's not that many models, so you can you can probably get them painted. Yeah, it's not it's not as intimidating easy. to them. And it's like a sport. It's not like a war game. It's just a sport game. That's true. That is true. You can drag um, those friends into it. 
Yeah, I think you have some you have something there. Like this is a great second game where you take a break from your normal game and play like a two month or three month league. So yeah, let's say if you've got your giant Age of Sigmar army, you're like, okay, yeah. I don't I don't feel like going to the game store with my like trunk with wheels on it. How about we just like take a break and do this little thing? Uh, I, I was thinking more like you you play Age of Sigmar for nine months and then you have your fall Blood Bowl League where you play mm-hmm. for two months and you just yep. play out the league and that's your break and then you go back to Age of Sigmar or Infinity or whatever. I think that this is a great way. This is a great game for that, right? Which yep. solves all the issues. You're really into it. You play it dedicated for a while and then you put it and it's fun. It's a good break. It's kind of the thing. And then you then you kind of put it away and wait for next year, right? Which again becomes thematic, right? Yeah, this- you have a yeah. season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So that's your thoughts on Blood Bowl. Um, if you have any comments on Blood Bowl, if you love Blood Bowl and you want to tell us our ideas or our thoughts, our, our initial impressions are stupid and mm-hmm. or they're they're spot on, uh, give us a shout. Tell us what you think. Uh, you can contact us at uh, contact at diceovereverything.com. Yep. Or find us on Facebook or Dice Over Everything Group or join. Oh, we're Dice of Everything and join Dice of Everything group if you want to know what we're up to and let us know what you're up to. All right. Uh, This has been Alan. It's been Brandon. Bye.